lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring the good news of peace and salvation. Our God reigns. That's Isaiah 52.7 in the Bible. It's an ancient prophecy of the coming of Christ to reconcile us to God. Come is the word of Advent, and it's the theme of this series of Soul Talks podcasts. We're blessed to have you join us as we come to Jesus together. Christy, I've got happy feet. Happy feet? What's that mean? <laughs> because our God reigns. Hmm. The news that Jesus has come, he's Emmanuel, and the prophecy of Isaiah has come true. Praise the Lord. We are in Advent. That's great. I love it. We get to bring the good news to you who are listening in with us. Thank you for tuning in to Soul Shepherding and following Jesus with us. Bill, one of the things that we really love about soul shepherding is when we see God using us in ways that bring leverage to the kingdom of God around the world. And so we love hearing from people who are making use of what God has given us to give away and are using it in their ministry. And so we heard from Nick and Sarah Jarrett in the UK. They are evangelical Anglicans. And they are involved in a marriage ministry called Cana. And they said, they wrote to us and said, your helpful guidance on empathy has helped us frame a lot of our sessions on marriage. And our contemplative prayer group that we lead monthly at our local Anglican church, we found your Ignatian and Lectio Vina guides invaluable to us. And Nick and Sarah are actually going to be joining us for our spiritual formation retreat in January, the Soul Shepherding Institute. So it'll be fun to be with them in person and to have them receive more training and experience from Soul Shepherding to take back to the ministry God's called them to there. Nick and Sarah, we can't wait to meet you and be with you at the Soul Shepherding Institute. So honored to partner with you to reach more married couples with soul care. Soul shepherding is needed around the world, and we're thankful that God has called you to join us in our community, learn, and then go and and give that where he's called you. Yeah, please drop us a line wherever you are. We love to hear from you. We are so honored to follow Jesus together and to help each other be strong in our intimacy with Jesus and flourishing in our souls as is uh, all of us serve God in, in different ways, different ministries in the church and parachurch. That's right. Well, Bill, last week on Soul Talks, we talked about Jesus coming to us as a feeler, that Jesus is a feeler and he's empathetic to emotions. And I think, I think the church is waking up to this. I'm seeing that. You know, one of the opportunities you and I have is we visit a lot of churches. We're in a lot of churches because we work with a lot of churches. And yeah, all different denominations yeah. and all different types on the spectrum. Yes. And so I was just thinking of one of the themes I've been seeing as we've been, even just the last three weeks, I'm thinking of the last three Sundays, we've been to three different churches, and all three of them said something to the extent about you don't have to believe to belong, or everybody's welcome here, or we're a Me Too community, or, you know, if you have doubts, you know, we relate to you, we have doubts too, you don't have to have this all figured out. And so I'm hearing a theme here. Yeah, we're good at giving people grace and accepting them where they are in in these churches. That's right. And I think, you know, that's important because I think one of the criticisms of the church has been that it hasn't been okay to have doubts or you have to seem to just 
have it all figured out mm-hmm. or put together. And so the church now is is aware of that, I think, responding to that and wanting to make people feel welcome and feel safe to come where they're at authentic to be authentic with all of that. So that's that's also good and important because certainly Jesus will meet us in our doubts too and in our places of not yet believing. You know, he, he's a good shepherd that goes after the sheep that have wandered or are lost. And yeah, we're, we've really been trying for uh, in recent years to help make the church relevant to the culture and the people mm-hmm. in the culture. Now, there's still yeah. plenty of churches that aren't doing that, right. but there's a, a lot that are really being more more open and engaged with where people are at and saying, hey, you're, you're welcome here. Yeah. And this is a good thing. It is. I, I think you're leading into a but, though. Well, what I'm leading to is we don't want to go to the opposite extreme where we've been to where we're not appreciating that, yes, Jesus comes to us with sensitivity to our feelings. As a feeler, he relates to us. But he also comes to us with truth, and we don't want to glorify doubt. We want to be giving people grace and empathy and understanding and safety when they have doubt. But we want to realize that we don't want them to stay stuck in doubt. And Jesus comes. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I have been thinking about this and how grateful I am that Jesus comes to us with truth, how desperately I need that. You know, I'm someone who had a crisis of doubt. Yeah, tell us more about that. And, and for those of you listening in, if you, particularly if you're a new listener to Soul Talks, you might not know the history here about why we started this and how we started this podcast, but it, it came out of the natural, organic conversations that you and I have mm-hmm. uh, as soul friends. Yes. Uh, now, we're husband and wife, so that's an important mm-hmm. dynamic for us, but what we're really talking about here and illustrating transcends marriage. It's about Friendship. Yes. It's about ways of being together with people in authenticity and honesty and, and giving grace That's and right. giving each other feedback. And so we've been mm-hmm. living this way for a number of years, and the Lord led us to say, hey, start a podcast where you talk about these subjects and you, you talk in this authentic, emotionally honest, giving empathy, giving grace, speaking the truth in love way that you've been learning all these years. So we had a conversation uh, about this topic of doubt and faith and, and uh, emotional honesty and confidence. And it was just a natural conversation that we were having, personal soul talk. And then we said, hey, let's share that with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Because I was concerned that we're not identifying that actually doubt is not a state we want to promote or say is okay to be stuck in. Yes, we have crises of doubt and we want that to be okay. But doubt is, can also be a sin. And Jesus does come to us with truth that helps us when we are struggling with doubt. And so I was was pondering on this, and I was thinking about my crisis of doubt and how, you know, I had been raised in the church. I, I knew a lot of God's truth. I had memorized tons of scripture, and I knew the right answers on a test. But I was struggling with my own personal crisis of doubting God's goodness and love because of the incredible pain and suffering that that just had me so burdened and and so buried under from being in the pool of pain and plus just living in this information age where it's you know constantly on the news and all around us so i had to really work through um is is this true is this kingdom gospel true is is jesus really good all the time, even in the midst of all this horrible suffering. And so I had to do a wrestling with that. But what was crucial to me in that doubt was 
yes, people loving me and, and giving grace to me, but it was also people speaking truth and love to me and anchoring myself in truths, not just truths that came to me through teaching. All of our listeners know Dallas has been so important to me, so his teaching on the truth of you know, our faith needing to not be based on only on our circumstances, but what we know to be true about God. And so focusing on what I knew to be true about God and what I had experienced in God was an important part, important discipline for me in my faith crisis. Was You're talking about Dallas Willard, who mm-hmm. a beloved author of The Divine Conspiracy, and we're blessed to be mentored by him and his wife, yeah. Jane. Yeah. So uh, now so let me just, let's just back up a second here. So th- this is a big deal for, I think you, Christy, as someone who's a very deep feeler, mm-hmm. and we hear from you every week pretty much about empathy and understanding and tenderheartedness and how important that is for you. Like like last week's podcast was like, you know, that was a Christy podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Jesus is a feeler, and right. he enters into our emotions and all that. But now you're saying... The opposite, yes. and I think for some of our listeners, they'd be like, well, wait, wait a minute here, this is different. And so even for, for you, as someone who's a very deep feeling-oriented, sensitive-hearted mm-hmm. person here, it, you've recognized how important it's been in your journey with Jesus that you uh, are receiving feedback, you're mm-hmm. receiving the truth yes. about, uh, about yourself, your maybe your defense mechanisms or your resistances or... Uh, something that you need to learn or, or rethink about or pray about. T- right. t- tell us, tell us more about this. Yeah. Well, and I needed, I need to hear truth constantly. I constantly need to be reminded of the truth and encouraged in the truth and focusing my mind on the truth. We all do. You know, recently you and I listened to Focus on the Family's radio theater of uh, the Hiding Place, and Corey Tenbaum in that was talking about. Um, her experience in the concentration camp and through the Nazis' invasion there in in Holland. And it was very clear that even she needed her dad's faith and truth spoken to her. She needed her sister Betsy to be speaking truth to her at times when her faith was weak. And we all have times when our faith is weak, and we need empathy for that for sure. But we also need truth speaking to us, a reminder that God is with us. He's working for good even when we can't see it. He is good even when we're suffering. Yeah, what was it that Corey's dad said to her? Uh, Cor- Corey, you, uh, the Lord doesn't give you the ticket until you, you go to the train. You don't need it well, before he, you, you're going to step out of the train. He was saying that to a little girl he, when she was afraid. He was saying, Corey, when we go somewhere on the train, when do I give you your ticket? Hmm. And she's, he said, you know, I give it to you when you're on the train. That's when you need it. It's the same with your Heavenly Father. He's going to give you the faith that you need when, when you need it. It's step by step, and we, we get the, the confidence and the courage in the context of walking it out with Jesus. That's right, yeah. And I think we need to see that Jesus, you know, he gave grace for sure and empathy for sure, but he also gave truth. So even with the woman caught in adultery, he gave her grace, right? You know, where are your accusers? Well, neither do I condemn you, but then he also gave her truth. Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. And so we we need that truth. And we need that truth balanced in our our lives where we have people who can give us grace. And then after we receive the grace, it kind of gives us more access to receive truth from them. 
Yeah, that's really key, that, that timing and that um, request. So if, if you're not seeking the truth, you're not seeking feedback, for me to give it to you, is you're not likely to receive it, and it's probably going to come across as controlling or judgmental. Mm-hmm. So the woman caught in adultery was implicitly seeking Jesus' help and was open to receiving some feedback. Jesus was not just hitting over the head with something. Mm-hmm. He had been so uh, compassionate and forgiving and gracious to her, and there was a, a spiritual and emotional connection there. And we can imagine that she is looking to him for, for uh, help, and she's very interested in what he's going to say to her. Yeah, and that was loving of him to give her that admonition. You know, and and actually in that there was even a belief, I believe in you. You don't have to return to this lifestyle. Exactly. There's an affirmation and that, there. And that's good and loving. In other words, this is Jesus is not uh casting his pearls before pigs, right? The idea of that teaching is not, oh, this woman is just a just a pig, so why give her your pearls? Mm-hmm. No, the idea is, well, pigs can't eat pearls. <laughs> There's right. no they're not edible. There's no food in that. So you give people something that they can eat. And so Jesus knew that at that point in the conversation, she was open to hearing some feedback. Right. She would be able to digest it. Yes. And we need, we need role models. We need people that model faith to us. So, you know, it's great at church when we're establishing rapport with people who have doubts and saying, you're not alone. I can relate. I've had doubts too. But we don't want to just be this club of doubters all gathered together. Mm-hmm saying, yeah, it's okay, you have doubts, I have doubts too, and leave it there. Because when I was in my faith crisis, I needed your faith, Bill, because your faith, you weren't in a faith crisis at the time I was. And so your faith actually spurred me on to reignite my faith. It was kind of like, okay, right now I'm doubting. Right now I'm having trouble trusting God's goodness and love, but I see that you're not, and I respect you, and I... I know you, and I know you wouldn't trust something that wasn't real. And I maybe don't have the faith right now to trust, but I see you do, so I'm going to lean on that in this time. And so we need people that are are grounded in the truth to, to be able to be okay with that for people that are doubting and say, that's okay if you don't know right now, but I do know. Follow me. Yeah, there was a combination of things that we have in a relationship that were operative during this crisis time in your faith journey about 15 years ago. So we had many conversations about your wrestling through the issue of the suffering of your clients in a therapy office uh, around the world, uh, children in Africa, hungry, uh, sex slaves, etc., where there's brokenness and pain, and your tender heart, you're absorbing that. And you just hit this point where it's like, well, where, you know, where is God in this? And it doesn't seem like he's doing anything to be helpful. And uh, prayers that, that you were praying, that we were praying for our family and different things where we weren't hearing answers. And so all this was burdening you and weighing you down, and it, particularly in this season. So we would have conversations about this. And part of the picture was, as your soul friend, I'm giving you empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, another part of the picture is that I'm living my life before you, and so you have access to it, and you're, you're seeing the ways that I'm engaging with Jesus, the ways that I'm praying and, and reading my Bible and applying it to my life, and you're seeing how I'm dealing, dealing with challenges and 
how I'm dealing with the unanswered, the seemingly unanswered prayers, and how I'm dealing with the pain and the suffering and the disappointment. And I'm not preaching at you. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not, certainly not like judging you for mm-hmm. your questions, your 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 hurt, your stuckness. But I, I'm journeying with you, yeah. and you're able to see and absorb that that because I was in this this re- great renewal that the Lord had, had brought into my life. That mm-hmm. really eventually we were on that path together and that led to the birth of soul shepherding. But you, you're saying is that observing that, having this life on life relationship together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and, you know, listeners don't just hear that as, Oh, that's Bill and Christie husband and wife. Well, yes, of course that's true. There is a lot here about our marriage that you can learn from if you're married, but it's really more about two friends following Jesus mm-hmm. together in authenticity and in faith. And yes. you're bringing in this dynamic that, well, we need the, the truth element of that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was helpful when I was in my faith crisis. You, you didn't shame me for doubting God's goodness and love. You didn't try to fix me and talk me out of it and um, convince me otherwise. I used to do that early <laughs> years of our marriage, <laughs> trying to give you advice and fix things. But you just you just lived out your your faith and in front of me. It wasn't preachy. It wasn't you know trying to change me. It was just confident in God's truth and confident that that I would reorient to it. And I'm, you know, I, I remember there were some times when I, I would really challenge you. We'd get in conversations and I was, I was kind of, well, it's great that you can feel that way or think that, but I don't, you know, I don't. And how can you? And I, w- I would kind of push on you sometimes on that and you wouldn't react you know, with with frustrations. You just, you just had empathy for where I was at, how painful it was for me that I didn't have the faith that you had and how that did bring you a, a sense of security that, you know, that I didn't have. And you really, I'm sure you prayed for me, but you, you weren't pushing anything. You weren't pushing me. I think one of the things that really, you know, I did, I was seeking people that I respected even beyond you. So Dallas, you know, I was listening to his teachings. I was reading him I, because he was someone who is smarter than me. And I was like, okay, if he's believing God's goodness, you know, God is good and loving, then I want to learn how, how is it that he's trusting God so confidently? And so those kind of things were helpful for me in pursuing truth. And and you talked with Dallas personally about this. I did talk to him personally about this. I asked him my my really hard questions, and that was helpful too. And it was a great opportunity God provided for that. And, and as I recall, a lot of it was the, the way he listened well, to you, the way yeah. he was it, it was, was the gentle. same thing. He didn't shame me at all for having the doubts, and yet he also didn't leave me stuck in doubt, and he didn't say, oh, you know, doubt's good, or he didn't call right. doubt good or anything, but he... He totally accepted that, you know, that this is where you are. And he had, and same thing, he had confidence that God was with me in it and would bring me through. And he did. And, you know, one of the things that was a turning point for me was just looking at, because at that time I was looking at everything in my life thinking, is any of this true? Is anything I've believed, is anything mm. I've given my life to, is any of this true? Or is it just what I've been taught? Is it just the tradition I was raised in? Is it just, you know, um, and I, I remember the scene where Jesus turns to Peter um, when Peter asks about John there on that conversation on the beach after the fish and the loaves, after um, Jesus has been resurrected and has breakfast for them and restores Peter with the go and feed my sheep. And he says, you know, when you were young, you got a dress show, when you 
went where you want, but when you're old, you won't. And then Peter says, you know, what about him to John? And, you know, Jesus says, you don't, you don't worry about him. You follow me. And then I felt like Jesus was saying that, stop, stop worrying about that person who's suffering in pain. You follow me. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that really stood out to me in that crisis of faith was when Jesus challenged his disciples and he said, are you going to leave too? After a mm-hmm. bunch of them had turned away because his teaching was hard. And they said, well, to whom will we go? You have the very words of life. And we believe that you are the son of God. And it was kind of like, okay, if I turn away from all this teaching that I've received, all this experiential knowledge I've had of God, to whom would I go? Who else has truth? Where else is truth? And I couldn't find any truth anywhere else. And so that is what helped me to get over my doubts and re-anchor in the truth that I'd known, the experiential truth, as well as the truth that has been taught you know, taught. And I appreciate you using that phrase, uh, experiential truth, because as I'm listening to you, I'm uh, remembering that what you were growing in during this crisis, and as you, the Lord helped you out of this, you were getting stronger in your experience-based assurance. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sometimes we want to make faith like all about beliefs or intellectual certainty or something like this, but it robust faith includes our, our whole personality, all the functions of our being, including our feelings. Not that we would always feel God's presence. Of course, we have seasons of consolation and blessing, and we have seasons of desolation and trial. But whichever season that we might be in, there is still the opportunity to observe God at work in our life and to have reference points from our journey where we have experienced touches of God's grace, we have experienced answered prayers, we have experienced this life with Jesus working, and that God is real. And see, this is what you were really growing in your confidence on the reality of the presence of the Spirit of Jesus Mm -hmm. in your life. Yes, and, and when I was in this season of doubting, though, I wasn't having the experience. I wasn't having any experiences. It was all, all kind of dark for me. Right, and that's why we, yeah. we would call it a dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. which is, uh, we need to do a whole podcast on that, uh, but that's a sovereign working of the Lord in love and in grace where he's actually withdrawing the felt sense of his presence, not, not to be mean or abandoning or anything like that, but simply to sort of wean us off of depending on emotions and circumstances mm-hmm. for our faith. Right, and that's why I needed to know was the truth enough for me without the experience, and and so it's kind of like when I delivered our children, and I was in great pain, and I wanted anesthesia, but I I was anchored by the truth that that anesthesia would have effects on me and my baby, and that helped me to press through the pain, and not and do natural childbirth. And so it's the same spiritually. Um, If I know the truth that God is with me, that he's real, that he's good, that he's loving, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is my all in all, then I hold on to that truth when I'm in the pain of not experiencing his goodness. Yeah, you had the the vision and the hope to, uh, for the the benefit of doing childbirth naturally Mm -hmm. and to find the sufficiency of God's presence for you in that. Mm-hmm. 
Jesus, how grateful we are to you, that you, in you, grace and truth kiss, that you are perfectly empathetic to us and our emotions, even our doubts, and yet in love you don't leave us there. You offer us truth that orients us, that gives us hope that's an anchor for our souls. Minister your grace and truth now to each person listening, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Your donations to Soul Shepherding cover the production costs of this podcast, so we can offer it free of charge every week. You can give online at soulshepherding.org or mail a check to our office address. Soul Shepherding, 4000 Barranca Parkway, Suite 250, Irvine, California, 92604. You'll find a link and our address in the show notes for this podcast. Thank you for partnering with us to help pastors and leaders thrive with Jesus.